My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 157 of The Kate Show. Guys, did you know The Kate Show podcast is actually part of the Design Podcast Network? That's right. You can head over to designnetwork.org if you're looking for other interior design-related podcasts, from actually talking about design to the businesses that we build as we grow design firms to things like marketing, like this podcast. So I just want you guys to know that that resource is available to you. Now, today I have a very special episode, a really amazing interview with Salima Mamdani of Fully Book Designer. Guys, you know this already, that specificity will grow your business in the home industry. Whether you are a designer, a stager, a workroom owner, a professional organizer, having a signature service will grow your business. Niching down and scaling up will elevate your brand, resulting in more referrals, better marketing, and hey, easier marketing, as well as amazing collaborations. And no one knows this better than Salima. Salima is actually the first fellow marketer to the design industry that I've ever had on the podcast, and for good reason. Guys, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation in the marketing world, but Salima is just hardcore, straight up truth. After just a few conversations with her, I'm pretty sure that we share the same marketing brain. While I'm over here on my podcast rambling about the importance of having a flagship service and a niche instead of offering too many services, Salima is in her part of the internet universe preaching the power of having a signature service and so much more. It's the same concept, different terminology, and I'm pretty sure that Salima and I are going to become business besties now. Whether you are new to the home industry or you've been running your business for a few years already and you're tired of slow growth, you're going to learn so much from Salima today. So disclaimer, you will definitely want to take notes. Stop the car, grab a pen, and prepare to put this episode on replay. It's about to get good. But before we get into it, I do want to give you guys the official rundown on who exactly Salima is. Salima Mamdani is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mentor for design professionals looking to create a business and life of their dreams. Based in Toronto, Salima founded the Marketing Boutique, which is a full-service marketing firm working extensively with international brands and local businesses in the home renovation, design, and decor segment. But in 2016, she transitioned away from that and created Fully Booked Designer, which is her primary and actually her only offering, for good reason, guys, her program, Fully Booked Designer, is a powerhouse of a program. It is for interior design business owners who are ready to create a profitable six and seven figure business. You can check her out at fullybookeddesigner.com or just keep listening. You're going to hear Slima and I talk about all things marketing, mindset, confidence, and profitability. All right, let's get into it. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. 
If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, you need Sidedoor. When Sidedoor entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Sidedoor lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes, and with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great side door collection. You curate the look, side door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus, you can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use Sidedoor to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. Today, I have Salima Mamdani with me, and I am super excited. Guys, I don't think I've ever had another marketer on the show. I don't think so. Maybe one time. And that's because I find that a lot of the things I talk about with marketing go against the grain of what a lot of other marketing agency owners or marketing coaches tend to preach and teach. But then I met Salima through the Designers on Social Summit, and I think I found my business bestie. I don't know, Salima, what do you think? Completely agree. It was bestie at first sight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And first sight was totally through a video chat, as will many of our interactions be. But I just want to say thank you for taking time to come on my show today. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. And I'm just going to go ahead and spill the secret. It's my first time ever doing a podcast. And I can't, I mean, I can't believe it's with you. Yes. Well, I'm very honored and excited that it is. And I know that even though it's your first time on a podcast, you have quite an established reputation within the home industry. And I'd like for you to just start out by telling all my listeners about your professional background. I think you and I have a lot in common as far as why we're in business but I want them to hear this from you. So spill all the details. For sure. And I hope not to disappoint anyone because my professional background isn't as a designer. So a lot of times I have to tell people, oh, no, no, I'm not a designer. I could not pick a paint color or a fabric to save my life. I'm a marketer. And um, so I went to business school. I have an MBA. I started my career in corporate Canada, because I'm based in Toronto, and worked my way up many of, you know, the corporate ladder and many of marketing departments. And in 2008, I decided to test my own grit and launch my own business. And that business was marketing consulting, didn't have a really solid plan as to who or who my ideal clients were and all of that stuff. And my first client happened to be an appliance store, a retail store. It's a very established business here in Toronto. And well, from then, I just started working with businesses in furniture and fabrics and tiling and windows and doors. And so a lot of our clients inside that business became were clients in the home Renault design and decor industry. 
that's my background and that's my way, long way into the decor segment. Mm -hmm. And when I heard you tell that story in the Designers on Social Summit, I was like, oh my goodness, it's just so similar because like I have a degree as well. Like I went all Mm -hmm. the proper channels, like I've got to do this, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to get like a corporate job. And I didn't quite go the full out corporate route, but I ended up in entrepreneurship kind of accidentally, kind of thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then like a lot of my listeners know, I just accidentally started working with interior designers and now, you know, here you and I both are. And the, the cool thing is, I know that we also have similar reasons for being entrepreneurs. So can you tell me what really drove you to start a business? Because that's no small decision. I mean, it's like having another child. So what was your reason? Well, I have to say, I didn't even realize that it was like having another child. So I left my really cushy corporate gig, you know, my paid for parking spot and having like a an IT department helping me out. I had all the privileges of working at a really high ranking corporate job because I wanted to be more around for my kids. So my son at that time was not quite two years old. My daughter was five. And I just, I used to loathe the drive home because being in the Toronto traffic, it would sometimes be quite a long journey home. And often I would miss the bath time or the bedtime. Mm. And so just basically that was my, you know, that feeling that I think a lot of mothers have in their lifetime of like, how can I create a life that serves both purposes, right? You're you're still able to contribute and do something purposeful as a career and also be more present with your children and just be around your family life. And I was blessed to have enough experience as a business person to say, okay, maybe now I want to start something mm-hmm. for myself. Now here's the the twist, the plot. It was 2008 when I finally said, okay, I'm going to not go back to corporate world. I'm going to start my own marketing consulting agency. And that was when the market flopped. (laughs) You know, we had that major recession in 2008. And so it was like, I couldn't go back to the corporate world. If this didn't work out, I had to make it work out. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me that that's when you started your business. But I think, well, obviously it was meant to be. And it goes to show that a business can thrive, can be built, can grow out of the driest soil, you know, during a recession. It's still possible. So I know that there are some people who are just waiting for the right time to start their business, whether they're, you know, trying to do what you and I are doing or they're trying to start their design firm. And it's like, you just have to do it. It's just a lot of grit. That's what it takes. I find you're 100% on that. And I find that it is the grit and that desire that makes or breaks an entrepreneur, for sure. If things were all peachy and there was no struggle, there would be no need to pursue and chase after a client or chase after a lead or doing something more. And they say necessity is the mother of all invention. For me, it was, it invented a business that my agency was 
had that agency for about nine years. So it was the, the mother of creating this new life for me and a new way of sharing my knowledge. Yes. And, you know, what you said that necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, that's literally where some of the greatest inventions have ever come from. But it doesn't mean it was easy. Like, oh, yeah. none of it is easy. And then when you add on top of it, you're also a mother. You know, you have a family. You you have people who need you to show up as more than just the business owner. So how are you balancing that? Because, well, first of all, I'd love to know how old are your kids now? And what does your life look like as you have a business that continues to scale and kids who still need you? Yeah. That's such a great question, Kate, I have to say, because after having that business and after realizing, you know, the whole process of finding your ideal clients and then pitching to them and then onboarding them and then delivering your services, and then that leads to more clients and growing your business, it did soon become that I was raising three kids, right? I had two very young kids when we started. They're now, one's going to be 18, the other is 14 and a half. So they're in high school and they've endured all the ups and downs of my business life and my career as well. And they've literally grown up with business. And my husband's also an entrepreneur. So having two business owners, our dinner conversations are very different. (laughs) I would imagine. (laughs) So very different than most. And our kids have adapted as much as we have adapted our lifestyles to to accommodate them as well. And we're in a way, they say entrepreneurs have a why or you have a vision. And my vision was always to make sure that my children and my family was front and center of the of my why. And so that was my fuel for for building the the agency to where it was. And even now, when my kids don't need me as much physically, they need me more, I think, emotionally. And as my daughter is transitioning to college or university, those are different challenges and they need you differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't even want to go there in my brain yet because my daughter is 19 months old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... I'm just like on the other end of the spectrum thinking, hmm, how can I like learn from Salima and make this easier? Because it's not the easiest thing, but it is still the best thing. You know, you take two very challenging things in life. Like most of my listeners happen to be female, happen to also be mothers or they've at least raised children. And what I've heard from them is that they're often told or made to feel as though they have to choose one or the other, their family or their business. And I love that we live in a time where Mm. we have a third option and we can do both. But like, to be totally honest, my struggle has been keeping the main thing, the main thing, because I will get so wrapped up in the business and like scaling it and growing. And how are we like extending the team over here? And how are we doing something new over there and get new partnerships and whatever? To the point where it's like, whoa, I'm working too much. So I have to say, I asked you that question for purely selfish reasons. (laughs) And I'm so glad you did because Mm -hmm. absolutely, I think one of the, the main advice, actually, there's two really key advice that I got 
earlier on, and if I can parlay that to anyone, and anyone who'll pick that up. The first one was, you can have everything you want, but not all at the same time. Mm. And so... And that doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice your career and be a full-time mom or vice versa. It just means that every day, just like business owners or just like parents, you have to make that decision as to what is your main thing for that day. And be okay with the thing, with knowing that things will change on a dime as they would. Things could be going perfectly fine with a client and then they change their mind and now you have to like regroup and come up with a new design or a new idea or a new solution for that. Or things could be going perfectly well and then one of your children is not feeling so well and you have to take them to an eMERGE department. Or in my case, this happened far too often where I would get a call in the middle of the day saying, I forgot my gym uniform. <laughs> and then, so there was a time when, when I started my, my marketing agency, I was working from home solo. Then I hired, uh, one part-time employee, and then soon, like, two. And there was a point where we had four employees plus me working from my home. Mm-hmm. And it was time to move out and get an office. And when I was looking for an office space, I wanted to be very close to my home and very close to my kids' school for that reason, because I would have to deliver school okay. uniforms in the middle of the day. So, like you said, Kate, your main thing is your main thing and be okay with juggling both because life will throw you a curveball in either direction and being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you're, it's a blessing that you're able to make decisions that's in the best interest for you and your children. The other advice that I got from my first mentor was get help (laughs) and get help in the sense like we always think about, okay, um, I think I need to hire an assistant. And we're always thinking about our team in terms of on the business side of things. Mm -hmm. But she was very clear that as a business owner and a, you know, head of a family and most of it, yes, you said it, we're all, we're both female. Your, our audiences are also female skewed. But it's the same goes for male as well. If you're spending a a lot of your time in housework, you are taking time away from either your business work or time from your family and your kids. So get help in terms of doing the laundry. Get help with doing mowing the front lawn. Get help with cooking the meals. Because that's the time you can either spend with your kids or you can spend that time on your business. Mm Mm-hmm. It's such good advice. And that is something that I've recently implemented. Like I have a house cleaner and I, I feel so weird about it, but it's also amazing. And you're right. You have to have a team and the team has to be more than just the people in your business. And I know that for my listeners who are just getting started and they're like, I, I don't have the funds to be able to hire all these people. That's where like it just comes down to the beginning is hard. Like none of this is easy. It's not supposed to be easy, but it's yeah. also meaningful and it's worth it. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. But then also, so is parenting, right? When yeah. in the beginning, oh my goodness, 
it is difficult. And it's like no one ever prepares you for how difficult it is going to be. And you get through it. You do. And it's the same thing in business. You just take those small steps and know that so many people have gone through this phase before you. And you too will come out the other end if you're determined and if you keep going. Just keep mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Oh, it, that's life advice right there. Sometimes you just have to keep going. And like... <laughs> So I'm from Wisconsin, as a lot of my listeners know, and we listen to a lot of country music over here. And there's this one particular song that goes, you know, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Like, just like, don't stop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. You so, speak in, in song titles. I speak uh -huh. in emojis. and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, okay, well, we've got these designers listening who are like, this all, like, I can relate with this. And they're knowing that when they are ready to invest in themselves, invest in their businesses, whatever that looks like for them, a lot of us have different reasons why we don't or why we hold back. What do you think or why do you think designers sometimes struggle with investing in their businesses, whether it's working with somebody like you or me or a business coach, what do you think holds them back? I don't think it's that unique to designers. I think it also spreads. I mean, let's just face it, Kate, you and I are both marketers. That also happens very frequently with marketers too, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at the core of it is because we are solution finders, right? There's a challenge. And so let's come up with a campaign for our client and find that solution. There's a problem. Let's find the, the most amazing solution and round up the team of tradespeople and bring that solution. So then how does it look if I like ask for help? So if I'm the solution finder, if I'm the person who's always been relied on being the first person at a job site and coming up with a solution for the clients, then I should not be asking for help. Mm -hmm. So I find that sometimes investing in themselves is seen as something is wrong and I am now asking for help. I'm higher, you know, mm -hmm. I need to get help in how to grow my business or how to, how to shift my mindset or how to figure out this Canva thing or website thing that everybody else seems to have. So I'm just going to keep Googling and Googling and Googling for the answer instead of raising my hand and saying, help. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's, it, a lot of times, and it's not, I, I don't think it's designers only. A lot of times women, business owners put too much, too much pressure on ourselves when we, and we think it's a, it's a reflection of our ability and how people are going to perceive us if we say, I need to figure this out. And there's got to be another person who can give me a shorter cut than, mm -hmm. or a, a quicker answer than what I can figure out. Yeah, I I like that answer because it really addresses what a lot of people face, especially if they're type A or Enneagram 3 or it almost like at face value, it can sound like, well, it's a, it's a pride issue. Like you just have to let go of control. But you and I both know that that's, that's not really, it's not pride. It's just, we feel this heavy weight. Like we have to do all of this. We are expected yeah. to do all of this. And if we don't, what if we look like failures? What if, yeah. and that's deep, like that's hard to work through. And anytime I do meet another female entrepreneur who has no problem outsourcing things left and right, I'm like, man, 
why can't I be like you? (laughs) Yeah. Some people can do this rather effortlessly, but by and large, I have found that, yeah, to your point, it is very hard. I'm taking a break from this episode really quickly to chat about Side Door one more time. Why? Well, guys, I believe you shouldn't have to constantly trade hours for dollars in your business, and I bet you believe the same thing. If you are ready to take your home industry business to the next level, you need to consider signing up for Side Door. Side Door is the only platform that lets you create a custom shop of your favorite trade-only products. You make the sale, and they'll handle ordering and shipping. Or you could just use Side Door to purchase products yourself at designer pricing without any vendor accounts or minimums required. It honestly doesn't get any more brilliant than this. So many of my listeners are already using Side Door and for good reason. You can sell products on your own website and even from your own social media profiles. It's pretty much genius. If you have dreamed about having an online shop, but you just didn't want to take care of the technology or having inventory or just all the headache and stress that can come along with that, Side Door could be a great solution for you. Sign up at onsidedoor.com. The other thing I've noticed, maybe you've seen this too, is a lot of people tend to hold back on investing in their business or in themselves, like coaching, marketing, whatever, because they don't think they're worth it yet. They think, well, once I get more successful, then I will get the new website or I'll get the whole sales funnel or I'll buy the class or the course. I'm just not ready yet. Have you seen that? So many times. Mm-hmm. And actually, to be honest, I did that too. Yep. So it's like, when I reach that level, then I'm worthy to, or then I will splurge, or then I will something. And I had to get, that was the first thing that I had to get fixed, not help with my, my sales funnel or with my designing a course my first help was like mindset Mm -hmm. the only way I'm gonna get to that level is if I start investing in myself if I I start making better decisions if I start to kind of understand that there are simpler ways to getting to success Mm -hmm. I'm making it way too harder so a hundred percent waiting for that that what if or if when sorry scenario or waiting for all the stars to line up yeah the other thing that that i want to mention that i see as a secondary reason more so in my business i don't know about in yours is this still this perception and maybe this is more of a in the design industry still this perception that female-led business is secondary even in families where both husband and wife are business owners, the the wife or the woman's business is less important. So she always has to go and talk to the husband to discuss the investment options or to discuss the pricing and doesn't feel that that strength or that courage to make that decision for herself and for her business. Do you find that on in your segment? I've seen that a little bit. Yes. Where Some of my clients are more like they're actually in business with their spouse. So Mm -hmm. that's just kind of, it's kind of like in my situation, like my husband is actually my business partner, even though he's never been on the podcast and no one's ever seen him. (laughs) uh, We have to do like a joint podcast now. Yes. I think that would be so fun. Have our husband. You should bring him on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the, you're right. Uh, I do see that from time to time. 
which really can just come down to, again, the lack of confidence or having been told or just innately believing, well, my business is more of just a hobby. Therefore, it's not worthy of the investment it's, or I'm not worthy of the investment, which is an even deeper conversation, which is why marketing does just come down to confidence. Business comes down to confidence. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're not going to be confident in your business. If you're not confident in something, you can't market it. And it just snowballs into this big, abominable snowman that you don't want to deal with. That nobody Absolutely. wants to deal with. But if someone's like, all right, I've got the mindset down. I, uh, and and by the way, and maybe you can speak on this super quick too, becoming confident is not like a one and done deal. It's like you've got to work through the inner critic issues and then every you're day. Wild, and then you gotta do it again because they show up differently. And it's like good grief. This is like a merry go round. But yeah, it's a real thing. So it's okay to go through the ups and downs, but to your point earlier, you can't stop. You have to just keep going. That's where the passion for what you do really kicks in and you're opening up a pandora's box here and i think we should <laughs> book like a second podcast right here right yes. here, talking <laughs> about confidence issues talking about self-limiting beliefs talking about our inner gremlins mm-hmm. i think i mean so in inside fully booked designer program we talk about the five m's mindset messaging marketing momentum and money and so mindset is number one for that reason alone Mm -hmm. because we go through this every single day if not multiple times in a day right so i'd say that's another topic in itself totally it is uh and it affects every industry i've just seen it affect female entrepreneurs more than uh, male entrepreneurs you know i'm not saying there's never a guy that lacks confidence but like my husband is the most confident person I have ever known. I mean, I think he's amazing and, and so does he. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's in a, you know, it's in a good way. And I think that's why we've seen so many successful male entrepreneurs because they don't have as many self-limiting beliefs. Women just tend to have those. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation just to point that spotlight on it and be like we can be aware of this issue and because we can be aware of it we can work on it it's always figure outable you know to quote Marie Forleo but absolutely and I think just a little nugget on that yes it it's prevalent a lot more in women than in men but it's also easily addressable first you have to identify that these are the stories that are happening in your head and it works a lot better when you are working with someone else. Mm-hmm. It could be a coach, it could be a mentor, but it can also be an accountability partner. Like I have an accountability partner, Karen, who I've been uh, working with. Like we just support each other. In fact, we have our weekly calls in our calendar and we just talk through issues and challenges in business and in personal life because they do intertwine. And so when, yeah, Public service announcement for all female listeners of this podcast. It is very common to have these questions and thoughts that are limiting our success, but they could be addressed when you're working with someone who can help you through these things. Mm -hmm. Such a great point. I think the best way to stay stuck is to keep it to ourselves 
not verbalize it, not ask for help. Again, going back to ask for help and working with specific people, whether it's on a personal level, like there are therapists, there are counselors on a business level, there are the programs, the courses, the coaches, the agencies. And you mentioned with Fully Booked Designer, your program, you cover, like I think you said there are the five M's I absolutely love. You talk about a few other things in your program that are also super important. And I'd love for you to just kind of touch on those briefly. You talk about signature service, a signature marketing system, and signature collaborations. Can you kind of expand on those? Because I've talked about signature services many times. I call them like a flagship service, but it's really, it's the same song, different verse. Um, yeah. So so tell us about that. Why does having a signature service matter? And then what does a signature marketing system look like? So a signature service is, like you said, a flagship service or in the most simplest terms, it's your niche or niche, as people like to say it. And it sounds so simple to when we say it's your niche, but I think that term just scares a lot of designers away because then you have to choose. And to quote Marie Forleo again, this is something that I learned from her a long time ago, that you've got to simplify to amplify. Mm -hmm. And so as interior design professionals, you're capable of doing so many things. You can decorate, you can design, you can do kitchens and baths, you can do different segments in the market, different spaces, different budgets. Signature service is the one thing that you want to be known for and also the one thing that you're really good at. Same thing exists when you look at lawyers or doctors and any other professional field, even accountants. There are generalists and then there are specialists. So there's estate lawyers and there's divorce lawyers and there's contract lawyers and whatever. So the concept of having a signature service is that one thing that you want to be known for in your market or to your ideal clients rather than as a generalist interior designer. And that signature service will then define your signature system of delivering your service, but also in attracting your ideal clients, right? There, there's a different way of marketing and attracting clients who are, say, empty nesters, uh, who follow a certain way of consuming information. And then there's a different way of attracting stay-at-home moms. And then there's a different way of attracting young professionals. So your signature service dictates your signature system and everything else in your business flows from that. And I also want to insert here that if you don't have a niche, if you don't specialize, you're going to have one heck of a time trying to market your business because you'll have no idea who you're talking to. And this is something, I mean, people hear me ramble about this on the podcast all the time. So I'm not going to like bore them with it, but I just have to, I have to insert that here because it's like, you're speaking my language and it's just so nice to have someone else say all these things, even down to being a generalist or a specialist and how much that matters. And it's like, if all those other industries and professions can have their specialties, why can't designers and stagers and professional organizers? I mean, that is how you set yourself apart. So when 
an interior designer, for example, has found their specialty, they have their niche, they have a signature service, what are those signature collaborations that you mentioned? I'm, I'm very curious, just from a personal standpoint, about what that would look like for a designer. Oh, we just had an amazing training on just that this um, past week. And collaborations are, are like the rocket fuel. Once you've figured out your signature service and then you've got a marketing system, a good collaboration can literally catapult your business to the next level. So you want to be known in a specific segment, then you start looking at other, whether they're trade partners, whether they're retailers, whether they're brands, other enablers in that segment that your ideal clients are also interacting with. Mm-hmm. And you establish some collaboration opportunities. They could be online, they could be offline. We used to do this even when I was running the marketing agency. A lot of our retail clients, we would collaborate with designers and it could be podcasting opportunities. It could be blogging opportunities. It could be in-person events. It could be at a bigger level. It's also having your branded products with a certain manufacturer or distributor. So that's just the beginning of getting your name out there and also having your name associated with a a market that you are trying to target. Having a collaboration that totally points in this direction of where your signature service is, who your ideal clients are, can, can help you grow much faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I can attest to that with Socialite. I mean, we've had various partnerships, collaborations, and that really is what does it. There's no Google ad. There's no social media ad. There's no like golden ticket to becoming successful in business. You actually need the support of other people, but you can't find the right group, network, professional, whatever to collaborate with if you don't have a signature service, if you don't have a niche market, because otherwise they're not going to see why they should send business to you anyway, because you're a generalist and not a specialist. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely 110%. So in Fully Booked Designer program, I work with designers across many different markets. So I do advertise. I have a health budget on Facebook ads. So the way I market my services is not what I'm talking about for designers who tend to work very in local markets, right? And so their idea of collaboration has to start at that level. It has to start with who are the local influencers, who are the local brands, who are the local names that your target audience would also know. And having your name associated with that brand, with that retailer, with that trade professional will elevate both of you combined, right? So that's really important. A lot of times I think designers who are looking to quote-unquote break it into the market, they're looking for their first foray of popularity to be in like a national magazine like Better Homes and Garden or Architectural Digest. Let's start with something local that your clients are also reading. 
-hmm. And it may be surprising. It doesn't even have to be a local publication about design and decor. It could be a lifestyle magazine. It could be a, a very specific publication going to a, a segment of professionals or dentists or doctors and start thinking from those areas mm -hmm. of collaboration. So that's very offline, right? And then think about it, the same kind of publications, same kind of associations, groups that exist online, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, and see where there are opportunities for you to promote yourself, but also give value and vice versa. Invite those people and talk about their challenges and, and what are they looking for in design services. So they can fuel for your content as well. I'm so glad that you walk people through the whole concept of these signature collaborations in your program because this is business changing stuff. And when a designer knows how to pursue the right collaboration, it's not like you need dozens and dozens of them. You no. might need just one. You might need three. Like it, it can have such long-term impact. So for the designers who are listening, who are like, okay, this is what I need. I need to like implement all these things. I don't know where to start. I'm so excited. Can you tell people how your program, which we've referenced it a few times, Fully Booked Designer, how does it work? How long is it? What's the structure? What can people expect? Well, I could then go on forever too. <laughs> that could be another podcast. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, I think we have finally cracked the code in creating a really special program for interior designers, whether they have been in business for 5, 10, 15 years and all of a sudden the phone just stopped ringing or the, the referrals aren't coming through, or designers who are just starting out less than five years and are looking to catch that break, looking to understand how to market themselves, how to position themselves, how to attract their ideal clients. And that's, like I said, I'm really proud of finally cracking the code on how to deliver a program and support and a community for interior designers. We work with designers from across the globe, United States, Canada, UK, Australia, and such an amazing community of designers that uh, we have in our group right now and uh, had the pleasure of working with. Our format is based on three pillars. So the first is getting new clarity. So the signature system comes from really, really, really understanding who your ideal clients are, what their needs are. Sometimes there are pains and sometimes there are desires, but we really help you get that clarity. And from that, making sure that you're delivering a, an exceptional design service. So your process of onboarding and the process of delivering your service matches what your client's expectations are. And so, of course, then you can charge a premium fee for that. So that clarity is, is everything, right? Then you're not shooting in the dark where, where your client's going to come from, hoping and praying, none of that stuff. That clarity then becomes your North Star on how you're going to be marketing yourself. Mm -hmm. And so then our next pillar is that having that confidence in marketing. So once you have that clarity of who you're speaking to, what their challenges are, we show you how to market yourself on just a handful of channels. Doesn't mean you have to like spray your marketing across every single thing. You want to be marketing where your clients are. 
whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or offline or one-on-one -on -one networking processes that we just talked about in collaboration. And then finally, creating a little bit more consistency, right? It's amazing when our clients break through the 10K a month club, but we want to make sure that they're doing that a consistent level every month. So our goal is to help interior design professionals build a profitable six-figure business within their first year. That is incredible. <laughs> I love it. You, you just, you cover all the bases. And because, you know, some programs, they just focus on one thing, like let's work on your processes or let's just talk about your pricing. Uh, I love how you keep all of it together because one thing really does impact the other. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing we've, like I said, we finally cracked the code on this and the results have been exceptional. So the program is 10 weeks long. They get to work inside an amazing community of designers and they get to work with me one-on-one -on -one and my team. So they get the best of everything. They get self-study time, they get my time, they get group time. But the results are what are really lighting me up. We've just had clients who, within a short period of time, like 10 weeks, two and a half months, is literally a blink of an eye when you talk about a 40-year career span, right? And we've had clients who've just reported making as much as $68,000 in two and a half months in just design fees. So the return for that commitment, the time, the investment that they make in this program has been huge. We had another designer who has been a designer for 20 plus years and didn't know what she didn't know. And that's the bottom line, right? Like you're working solo, you're trying to figure this out on your own. And you're Googling and you're like listening to all the podcasts and listening for all these like solutions until she came into our program. And in two months, she reported having $55,000 in revenue. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Oh, if so, I were a designer, yeah. I would be in your program <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you oh. have so much fun. Yes. Oh, it, it's amazing. And where can people go to learn more, sign up, get all the details? Oh, you make it so easy. Well, it's fullybookeddesigner.com. You can find out more. You can see all the success stories. There's so many great stories of designers that touching on some of the things that we were talking about, parenting during the pandemic and uh, single parenting or having a business while surviving cancer. So I highly recommend go check out the website fullybookeddesigner.com and you will see designers just like you who wanted something more and wanted something bigger for themselves and wanted to take this idea of having a business and really seeing it come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I love how you pursuing your your own personal why in entrepreneurship has led to you helping so many other people pursue their why and improve their confidence and and make money because i mean that's kind of why we're in business right <laughs> you know like it's Absolutely. not just about talent it's about being a business owner as well and uh, i'm so glad you came on the show today thank you <laughs> so so much my pleasure it was so much fun and this is the best first podcast interview <laughs> ever 
Yeah, see, nothing to worry about. I mean, you sound like you've done this a hundred times. And to all my listeners out there, I encourage you, no matter where you're at with your design firm, go check out Salima. Just go to fullybookeddesigner.com because this might be the thing you've been waiting for and you don't want to miss this opportunity. So Salima, thank you again for being on the Kate Show. Stay on the line. We're going to chat for a second. But to everybody else, go take action on this. Don't waste this opportunity. And I'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.